contact it's been a while my name is ash i'm a virgo i'm 25 honey's here so we're off to a good start i just got out of the shower i did not feel like drying my hair and i'm wearing a sailing competition t-shirt that i thrifted i've never been sailing but i did like the t-shirt what the fuck is going on bro <clears throat> so my name is ash but i my online username that i use for everything is young cinephile y-u-n-g cinephile and if you don't know what a cinephile is it's someone who likes to um who likes to touch movies first time i heard that word was the on snl it was a lonely island short where they sang jack sparrow with or it's a song called jack sparrow with michael bolton and michael bolton goes through multiple like movie plots and at the end andy Samberg's like turns out michael bolton is a major cinephile and that's the first time i heard that word and I, and when you hear file, you can't help but think about, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think about pedophile. <laughs> so I'm thinking like cinephile is like a weird uh, Pokemon level up for, can you tell I didn't play Pokemon? A Pokemon level up for pedophilia, cinephilia. And I'm like, how, why are they, first of all, why are they making a movie with this guy, a movie, a making a song with this guy? And then why are they openly saying this in the song? That's crazy. I did Google what cinephile was. And cinephile is someone who really, really, really likes movies. And that word just really stuck with me. Cinephile. Cinephile. It's, it's almost like a little snake on your tongue. Cinephile. I want to say it with a Southern drawl bonafide cinephile i heard someone say the word bona i have always said the word b-o-n-a-f-i-d-e as bonafide and maybe that's the southern in me bonafide but i was watching a movie or something the other day and they said bonafide and i was like fuck have i been saying this wrong the whole time let's actually look up how to say bonafide bonafide i don't know which one i like better bonafide bonafide I fucking said. Bonafide. Bonafide. Y'all hear that? Bonafide. 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 So. Incorrect. Bonafide is not correct. <clears throat> A bonafide cinephile. But so then a few years ago, I, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about the word cinephile. I thought it was funny. I thought it'd be funny if someone used 
young cinephile as a rap name or or some kind of name and then i was like what if i did that that's pretty funny so basically what i'm saying is i'm a funny guy and i like to touch movies so so young son young cinephile is my name on everything everything and and here's what i will say dude i majored in film okay i majored in film it's an English, okay, I didn't major in film. I, it's an English major with a film studies concentration and a minor in media studies. I've seen The Graduate three times for three different classes. I made a short film, or seven. I've made a web series. Big fucking deal. I've never seen Shawshank Redemption or Goodfellas. I've only seen one of the Fast and Furious movies, and it wasn't the first one. And I refuse to watch any movies with Benedict Cumberbatch in it because everyone says you fall in love with him when you watch his movies. And I refuse to do that because I'm all booked up with a different weird white guy. Okay? Timothy Chalamet. I'm busy. <laughs> Speaking of which, can we... Can we just talk about Timothy Chalamet for, for just a minute? For a moment, please. Timothy Chalamet is so fucking talented... It pisses me off. It pisses me off, okay? He he doesn't miss. He his his movies are slapperoonies every time. Even the one about a fucking pedophile where he was opposite a cannibal. He was one of the best parts besides the cinematography and the music and shit. He was the next best part. Name a Timothy Chalamet movie. Dune, smash. Little Women, killed it. Beautiful boy. I think it's the best fucking movie he's ever done. Ladybird. Okay, honestly, I'm in the minority. Minority. I'm in the minority of that. I didn't really. I wasn't like that blown away by Ladybird. Love those actors. Love Timothy. 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 Love Timothy. Love Sarasironen. I don't know how to say her name. Sarosi Ronan. That bitch, love her. They did great, but I I think I need to rewatch it because I didn't realize it was supposed to be a comedy. Um it just felt really sad to me for some reason. I should probably rewatch it, but I wasn't blown away by it. But everyone I've ever seen talk about it like loves it. Like some people that's their favorite movie. But he did great. He was a fuckboy and he did good. When, T- when Timothee hosted SNL, one of the best episodes they've had in fucking years. Killed it. Look up fucking Tiny Horse. But, okay, now let's talk about Beautiful Boy. Mm, let's talk about Beautiful Boy, okay? I just recently rewatched it. Bruh. That movie, for me, 10 out of 10. 10 out of fucking 10. First of all, wonderful cast a perfect cast timothy chalamet if you've never seen it it's on amazon prime it was like an amazon original and they won awards for it i believe it's it's based on a true story um of this dad and son they both wrote books about it but so basically the son timothy chalamet because is addicted to meth and the dad who loves him so much the dad is steve carell um really tries to help him but like addiction is fucking 
horrifying and it truly is a disease and like the movie just does such a good job of capturing like the different sides of like how addiction like affects all like these people not just the person who like is the addict and oh my god it's so 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 good and like the cinematography is so good and like their use of music and montage is so good their use of flashback oh I rewatched it cried the whole time so fucking good so yeah are there any other Timothy Chalamet oh he um it's a Netflix movie called The King where he's playing King Henry and he has a little bowl cut loved it I thought it was great it's very dark and like gray and Robert Pattinson's in it and uh Rob Pattinson's in it and he has a wig and he has like the worst French accent I've ever heard in my life and I liked it and it was good and also Rob Pattinson is another great actor and I will I don't care about Batman I would honestly go on a limb and say Batman's one of my least favorite superheroes I let me just preface and say I don't give a fuck about superheroes I do not give a fuck if you held a gun to my head and you said who's your favorite I would probably say Spider-Man but that's because I was raised on like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man but haven't seen any of the Tom Holland ones but to me Batman is just so boring Batman's so boring he doesn't have any powers he's just a rich guy um and yeah I just don't care about him but I will be going to see the new Batman because Rob Pattinson is playing Batman and also bonus points Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler who I also think is a good actor but speaking of white guys so I just called Robert Pattinson Rob Pattinson and I, th- I think that's fine. I've seen a lot of people call him Rob Pattinson, but that, that makes me think of, um, I call Nicholas Cage, Nick Cage for some reason. I didn't know that was weird until I, I was talking about him to my dad and I said, Nick Cage. And he was like, Nick Cage, you mean Nicholas Cage? Who fucking else am I talking about? If you Google Nick Cage, the first thing that pops up is Nicholas Cage. Let's Google Nick Cage. Who fucking comes up? Oh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Kim Coppola, known professionally as Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Kim Coppola. Is Coppola Italian? Was born in California. The son of a comparative literature professor, August Coppola, whose brother is directs- director Francis Ford Coppola. Wait. Francis Ford Coppola. Why do I know that name? And dancer, choreographer, Joy... V- don't know how to say that word. Saying he is of Italian and Polish and German descent. So it is Italian. F- Francis Ford Coppola, that is like a... F- that's famous. Who is that? Francis Ford Coppola. An American film director, producer, and screenwriter. He was a central figure in the new Hollywood filmmaking movement of the 1960s and 70s. His accolades include five Academy Awards, six Golden Globe Awards, two Palms d'Or, and a British Academy Film Award. What did you make, brother? Oh! Damn, okay. He made The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Dracula, Godfather 2 and 3, The Outsiders. Damn, Lost in Translation. Oh, he, yeah. Whoa. 
He made a fuck ton of. He made Jack with Robin Williams, which got shitted on because it's ableist. Um, I don't, the Virgin Suicides. I've heard of that. I haven't seen any of these movies, but I know that they're really famous. American Graffiti. Jeepers Creepers. I've seen that. The Bling Ring? Oh, the Bling Ring's good. Okay, he did the fucking Bling Ring. Hell yeah. Jeepers Creepers 2? Not good. Not a good movie. Jeepers Creepers 3? Didn't know there was a third one. Good to know. Okay. Sorry. Jeepers Creepers... As a child, so scary. So fucking scary. Love that they didn't reveal the creature till the end. Rewatched it as an adult. First of all, if Justin Long's in a movie, are we taking it serious? Are we taking it serious? Love Justin Long, but like, he's funny. He's a funny guy. Um, it's Watching it as an adult, not good. It's bad. What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Now, Rotten Tomatoes... You know, take Rotten Tomatoes with a grain of salt. Because, I mean, some of my favorite movies have low Rotten Tomato ratings. But I just like to check in because I just think it's interesting. Jeepers Creepers. 46%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 49% audience score. Wow. Very interesting. What were we talking about? Nick Cage. Rob Pattinson. Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Love Timothy Chalamet. Stan Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah. Being a cinephile. So, I used to watch a lot of movies. My childhood, my teenagehood, whatever. I watched a lot of fucking movies. I loved it. I, like, that's pretty much the biggest thing my dad and I bonded over. My dad has a lot of fucking emotional connecting issues, communication issues. But one thing that we did connect over is he just showed me like a fuck ton of movies when I was a kid and it, it fucked me up basically. But so what was I gonna say? So yeah, I used to, I used to watch a lot of movies and then in college, you're just around so many people and you're just so stressed and you just want to like smoke weed and kill yourself. So I didn't, I didn't really watch a lot of movies or I didn't watch a lot of movies with like intent to soak them in. But I feel like I I live alone now and like I've really been working on myself and I'm kind of getting back to like things I used to do. One, including watching movies by myself and like, really taking in the experience and um so yeah I just want to go through a couple movies that I some new movies I've watched and some old movies I've rewatched recently and just talk about them just chat just chat about what I think about them um if I think they're good or not and I'll probably also look up the Rotten Tomato ratings because I just think it's interesting Um, so I want to start with that I got my first movie tattoo. I got a fantastic Mr. Fox tattoo. It's Ash, which is, um, the character who's Mr. Fox's son, 
who they all go they all say like he's just different and so i remembered that i hadn't seen fantastic mr fox in years but i wanted this tattoo because also my name's ash and i just wanted it so i got it and after i got it i was like you know what i should fucking rewatch fantastic mr fox which by the way it's on disney plus as of right now so i watched fantastic mr fox and i realize ash he probably has like some of the most like character growth in the movie but he's like he's a little bitch and I thought it was so funny that I have like this little bitch on me because I relate to him so much because I growing up was such a little bitch (laughs) and I love him and it's great and anyways Fantastic Mr. Fox so fucking good Wes Anderson is very talented. I just don't know how I feel about him, like, as a person. I don't know much about him besides the fact that he signed a petition saying that, like, Roman Polanski didn't do anything, I believe. I should look that up before I spread misinformation. Okay, so this is um, from IMDb. So it says Roman Polanski is a Polish filmmaker who had been a fugitive from the U.S. criminal justice system since 1978 after pleading guilty to statutory rape of a 13-year-old girl. He fled the country to France before he could be properly sentenced. In 2009, when he was arrested in Zurich, Switzerland, in relation to his U.S. arrest warrant, many famous filmmakers, actors, and artists signed a, posi- signed a petition calling for the release of Polanski, saying that the filmmakers in France, in Europe, and in the United States, and around the world are dismayed by this decision. It seems inadmissible to them that an international cultural event paying homage to one of the greatest contemporary filmmakers is used by police to apprehend him. So apparently they did it like they arrested him like at some kind of film festival. So they were saying like it was fucked that they did it there so publicly. I don't know. Or I don't know if they're actually saying like we don't think he did anything. I don't know. I don't know. And there's also been like um I think Natalie Portman signed this list and then later she said that she didn't really know what she was signing like one of her friends who was I guess a big fan of Roman Polanski or like uh, friends with him convinced her to sign it when she didn't even really know like what she was signing so I think she's like come out and said like she regrets signing it or something but like top two people who signed it are Woody Allen which like garbage bag and then Wes Anderson so that kind of sucks you know um i feel like the i think the statutory rape of a 13 year old girl gets swept under the rug a lot because roman polanski also he was either dating or married to sharon tate and that's who um the the manson family murders they like broke into someone's house and Sharon Tate and all them were there and Roman Polanski was not there and they like killed everyone and Sharon Tate was pregnant with their kid and they like killed the baby and stuff (sighs) yeah but Roman Polanski made um Rosemary's Baby which is 
Rosemary's Baby and Psycho get kind of quoted as like being the horror movies that changed the genre of horror. I was supposed to watch Rosemary's Baby for a class, for one of my film classes, and I just didn't. I just didn't care to, so I didn't. Um, has he made anything else that's like super well known? Oh, Chinatown. That's a famous one. I think I was I think I was supposed to watch that one for a class and I also didn't. When you force me to watch something, I don't want to watch it, you know? And I get that that's like literally the Dude, fucking film classes are so annoying cuz they make you watch the exact same fucking classics over and over and over. Like I was supposed to I watched The Graduate three times. I was supposed to see like fucking Citizen Kane and Casablanca like fucking three times, but like I've already done this. Why are we doing it again? Let's see. He's still been fucking working. He the he's in pre-production right now for something called The Palace for 2022. And it, he, the last thing he did was something in 2019 called An Officer and a Spy. So he's still working. He's just not allowed in the U.S., I guess, because they'll fucking arrest him. Um... Oliver Twist, the pianist. Um, Chinatown. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, those are the only ones I recognize. So, yeah. Piece of shit. But, uh... So, Wes Anderson, I don't know anything about him except for that he signed that petition. So, very creatively talented... Is he a good guy? No fucking idea. I struggle with like separating art and artists sometimes. But when they're like a director or producer, sometimes it's easier to separate because like you don't look at them. Like if it's an actor and I have to fucking stare at them for 90 minutes, it's a little more difficult. Um, but like with movies, at least like it's not just Wes Anderson, like a lot of fucking people worked on that movie to make it what it is, you know? But, um, anyways, Fantastic Mr. Fox is on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. Let's see what it got on Rotten Tomato. I bet it got a high rating. And also on, um, Disney Plus is his other stop motion animated movie, Isle of Dogs, which was also so fucking good. It got a 93% and an 85% audience score. Worth it. It's so good. Speaking of Wes Anderson and Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet and Sorosi Ronan, however you say her name, are supposed to be in his new movie, The French Dispatch, which I will be able to rent on like December 14th. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I just saw a thing I was trying to look up because I was trying to see like when it was going to be available because it's already out, but like it's not available anywhere. But I was trying to look up any information about it and I saw a quote from Wes Anderson where he said like about hiring Timothy Chalamet and he said like there was no doubt in his mind that Timothy Chalamet was going to play this character. He said that he wrote the character for Timothy Chalamet and I was like that's fucking cute. Sucks that you signed that petition for the you know the guy who raped a 13 year old but that's sweet. Um, speaking of stop motion or claymation or whatever the fuck I rewatched Coraline great movie here's what i will say Coraline as a movie fantastic 10 out of 10 Coraline as a character like as a little person she fucking sucks dude she is a b 
bitch and I relate to her so much but like she is a fucking bitch like she she's so mean to YB and I don't understand why he helps her like there's never a point where she turns and she's like I'm sorry or like starts being nice to him he just like continues to help her even though she's a fucking jerk until at the very very end where he like literally saves her life that it's like okay we're cool like invite your grandma for dinner but like in both worlds he's helping her and I don't understand why because she's a fucking douchebag um and it's literally me (laughs) also did not know Coraline was a book did not know that I was talking I was getting a tattoo and I was talking to some of the artists there and we're talking about Coraline and they were like yeah it's an even better book and I was like I didn't even know it was a book. Um, So yeah, maybe I'll fucking read Coraline. I don't know. But uh, I did have a brand new experience. I went to the movie theater and saw a movie by myself for the first time ever. Never been done. But I did it. I went and saw Antlers, which is a horror movie about Wendigos. And as for the movie experience itself, it was fine. It was good. Nothing happened. Um, The worst thing that happened was when they handed me my ticket, they said, enjoy. And I said, you too. But, you know, I didn't explode. They didn't say, okay, now you're not allowed to see the movie. I just walked away and then I went in the movie and it was fine. It was completely fine. And so let me talk about this fucking movie. So if you don't know what a Wendigo is, which first of all, I'm not even supposed to be saying it because when I say it, I'm like beckoning them to come to me, but sorry, I'm going to say it. So a Wendigo is from what I understand is like, it's related to like Native American. Oh, sorry. It's related to like Native American legend and they are like these possessed things that just they are kind of portrayed as like a crazy like deer with fucking antlers and shit and they are just so fucking hungry like they're like cannibalistic and like all their to me I thought like all they're thinking about is I have to eat like I'm so fucking hungry and it's never like fulfilled they're never full but so this is like based in like rural, rural Portland, or I guess just Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. And basically, this fucking meth head gets possessed by a Wendigo, and his his wife's already dead. He has two sons, and the smallest son starts to also get possessed which I didn't going into this movie I did not know that they could like possess people I thought they were just like their own thing and then they like kill you but so he was like slowly getting possessed I guess it went in him I don't know that's the other thing is I'm like something had to attack him at the beginning like a physical thing had to attack him at the beginning so where's that thing is it I guess it's inside of him I don't know how how if it's inside the dad how is it also growing in the kid I'm confused But so the dad knows he's like getting sicker and sicker and something's happening. So he, he like locks himself and the kid in the attic and he tells the the older son who's like fucking 
14 or 12 maybe he's like do not let us out no matter what you hear do not let us out and so he this kid has to fucking take care of himself and like he literally like goes to school and then on the way home from school grabs like roadkill on the side of the road and tries to like feed these fucking his dad and his brother who and he has no idea what the fuck is going on um so of course like some shit goes down like a teacher starts snooping around and they get out the dad and the brother and the dad takes on his full form of like the big ass fucking thing with antlers here's my other problem with (coughs) with the movie is that okay wait 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 sorry i'm ruining this movie actually not sorry no one's listening to this it's fine it's my podcast I'll, i'll ruin a movie if i want to but so bitch but so what happened okay so they get out and so now there's like a wendigo killing people the movie did a good job it had good effects had pretty good cinematography and i really like it never really like showed me the audience the wendigo in its full form it did a really good job of playing with like light and shadow and doing a lot of like kind of kind of behind the thing shot like it it did a good job of not like fully revealing it and even when it was fully revealed at the end it was like in a cave by like firelight so it was it was cool I liked that aspect but so there's this whole thing where it was like they figured out that the wendigo was trying to get the two kids so it had the one kid who was already kind of infected and then it was trying to get the other kid who was like feeding them while they were in the attic and take them both to this mine, which is where he like, got attacked, the, originally the dad. And I just don't think... Now, obviously, I'm not an expert on Native American folklore and legend and myths. But I feel like a Wendigo would not... It would just be thinking, like, I'm so fucking hungry... I want to eat. I don't feel like it would be thinking like, oh, I need to save my kids. Like, maybe that was just the, they're just trying to make it more human. I don't know. Because it was like the dad. But especially when it went full form, I just don't think, I don't feel like it would care enough. I feel like it would kill the kids first. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen when the dad and the son were in the attic. I thought it was going to kill the son. (laughs) But, so he doesn't. So So he takes the kids to the fucking... Um, mine and the teacher follows and then she has to kill it you have to like it's they were like it's weakest when it's eating and so she like stabbed it when it was eating and then um the little kid who was also sick like started to be possessed like it was going into him and so she also had to kill the little kid in front of the brother um and then it ended with uh her the teacher her brother who's like the sheriff who got fucked up by the wendigo but didn't die and then the little kid and the brother's like you know like one day you know what he's gonna turn into one day and you're gonna have to kill him and she's like we'll fucking cross that bridge when we come to it and then they walk away and the fucking sheriff starts coughing and he's like coughing up some kind of black goo which is the same thing the dad did when he's being possessed so it's like oh the fucking the sheriff brother he gonna be the wendigo 
So I just wasn't like blown away by it. I felt like I just feel like Wendigo as a concept is very cool, very scary. But I have never seen like I've never seen it used in like pop culture or anything. Well, like the only the only other time I've really seen it is season one, episode two of Supernatural is a Wendigo episode. That's the first time I heard of them. And I that used to be my favorite episode. I watched it so many times. Probably because Corey Monteith is in it from Glee. And at that time, like, I also liked Glee. Uh, but anyways, that episode fucking scared me. And that's how I first learned about them. And they can, like, mimic voices to try to, like, lure you away from your group. Very scary. And it's this movie. Okay, this other movie is not about Wendigos, but it reminds me of a Wendigo. The movie, it's on Netflix called The Ritual. It's about like a Nordic demigod, but it specifically because the creature like has giant fucking antlers and shit. It really makes me think of a Wendigo. But yeah, I've just never seen it. I was excited for this one because the trailer for antlers like looked fucking cool. But I was just kind of let down buy it let's see what it got on a rotten tomato 59 percent, but it got a 68 percent audience score that's pretty good oh there is one thing i will say i feel like the movie said it kind of said a lot about like poverty and like just growing up in poverty it had a lot of that kind of shit because like it was a very poor town and like the kid is being raised by a fucking meth head and like so some of that was interesting but I just feel they took too many liberties on the actual like legend of this creature also when I was looking up stuff about Wendigos I found out that there is a thing called Wendigo psychosis and it's a endemic psychiatric disorder associated with culture, which means like it's not fully considered like an actual thing, like an actual psychiatric disorder. It's like um, it just depends on the area. Like disorders that are associated with culture can be like, fuck, I read about it. It's like if if there's a town and they're really religious okay this is a good example so like um say like in a like a super catholic whatever they believe that people get possessed by demons and they have to do like um exorcisms so some people in science don't believe that you're actually possessed by a demon and they think like like, obviously something's happening, but they think it's, like, basically a disorder caused by the culture that you're raised in where you're, like, I, you're, like, you're just convinced that you are possessed by a demon and then you act like that. <laughs> Wendigo psychosis is when, is a disorder, a cultural disorder where you, you become obsessed with, like, thinking about cannibalism. Like, you, you, you have, like, a giant fear that you're going to become a cannibal or you're also, like obsessed with thinking about like actually committing like cannibalism and then I guess also if you did it I don't know but so this is the um 
this is the Wikipedia page for Wendigo psychosis. It says, in historical accounts of retroactively diagnosed Wendigo psychosis, it has been reported that humans become possessed by the Wendigo spirit after being in a situation of needing food and having no other choice besides cannibalism. In 1661, the Jesuit relations reported, and this is a quote from that, and it's like translated from, it looks like French maybe? It says, what caused us greater concern was the news that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men deputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where, th where they were to await our coming had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those poor men, according to the report given us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey and the more greedily, the more they eat. This ailment attacked our deputies, and as death, and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Okay, and then it says, "This is Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia." Although in many recorded cases of Wendigo psychosis, the individual has been killed to prevent cannibalism from resulting, some Cree folklore recommends treatment by ingestion of fatty animal meats or drinking animal grease. Those treated may sometimes vomit ice as part of the curing process. One of the more famous cases of Wendigo psychosis reported involved a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner. During the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving, and his eldest son died. 25 miles away from emergency food supplies at Hudson's Bay Company Post, Swift Runner butchered and ate his wife and five remaining children. Given that he resorted to cannibalism so near to food supplies, and that he killed and consumed the, all the remains of those present... It was revealed that Swift Runners was not a case of pure cannibalism as a last resort to avoid starvation, but rather of a man with Wendigo psychosis. He eventually confessed and was executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. 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 This is crazy. Another well-known case involving Wendigo psychosis was that of Jack Fiddler, an OG Cree chief and medicine man known for his powers uh, at defeating Wendigos. In some cases, this entailed killing people with Wendigo psychosis. As a result, in 1907, Fiddler and his brother Joseph were arrested by the Canadian authorities for homicide. Jack committed suicide, but Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He ultimately was granted a pardon, but died three days later. But died three days later in jail before receiving the news of this pardon. Whoa. Fascination. Fascination with Wendigo psychosis among Western ethnographers, psychologists, and anthropologists led to a hotly debated controversy in the 1980s over the his historicity of this phenomenon. Some researchers argued that essentially Wendigo psychosis was a fabrication, the result of a naive anthropologist taking stories related to them at face value without observation. Others have pointed to a number of credible eyewitness accounts, both by Algonquins and others, as evidence that Wendigo psychosis was a factual historical phenomenon. The frequency of Wendigo psychosis cases decreased sharply in the 20th century as 
arboreal Algonquin people came into greater and greater contact with European ideologies and more sedentary, less rural lifestyles. In his 2004 treatise, Revenge of the Wendigo, on disorders and treatments of the behavioral health industry in the United States and Canada that are peculiar to indigenous people, James B. Waldrum wrote, No actual cases of Wendigo psychosis have ever been studied, and Lou Marano's scathing critique in 1985 should have killed off the cannibal monster with the psychiatric annals. The Wendigo, however, continues to seek revenge for this attempted scholarly execution by periodically duping unsuspecting passers-by, like psychiatrists, into believing that Wendigo psychosis not only exists, but that a psychiatrist could conceivably encounter a patient suffering from this disorder in his or her practice today. Wendigo psychosis may well be the most perfect example of the construction of the aboriginal mental disorder by the scholarly professions, and its persistence dramatically underscores how constructions of the aboriginal by these professors like Frankenstein's monster have taken on a life of their own. Huh. The 10th revision. Sorry, this is the last thing. <laughs> this is fascinating to me. This, I'm just reading. The 10th revision of the International Statistical Classification of Diseases. Diseases? These nuts of, dis, of diseases and related health problems classifies Wendigo as a culture-specific disorder. That's what I was trying to say. Culture-specific disorder. Describing it as rare historic accounts of cannibalistic obsession. Symptoms included depression, homicidal or suicidal thoughts, and delusion compulsive wish to eat delusional compulsive wish to eat human flesh. Some controversial new studies question the syndrome's legitimacy, claiming cases were actually a product of hostile accusations invented to justify the victim's ostracism or execution. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. A culture-bound syndrome, a culture-specific syndrome, or folk illness is a combination of psychiatric and somatic symptoms that are considered to be a recognizable disease only within a specific society or culture. That's what I was trying to say earlier. I'm not good with words. Thank you, Wikipedia. So anyways, that's just crazy. But why can't they do a good movie about it? That's all I'm asking for. It's very scary. Do it right. But horror, horror is, a, is a difficult genre to do. Very difficult. And there's so much bad horror. The last genuinely good scary thing I watched was a TV show, Midnight Mass. Oh my fucking God. It blew me away. It blew me away. It's so good. Oh my God. The actors all did amazing. The story, fantastic. They didn't. They did the thing I love where they don't reveal the creature for like a few episodes. Love, 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 love. Keep me in suspense. I love suspense. And they did so many times where like, um, also I fucking love creature movies. But it's so easy for them to get lame. But, um... There were a few times before they fully reveal the creature in Midnight Mass where like it's it's like just at the corner of the frame or like you just see like you just see it kind of walk by in the background and like yes like you didn't take the fucking easy ass jump scare. Jump scares are not scary, dude. Give me fucking suspense. 
Suspense is scary. <sighs> um, but also Midnight Mass tied in with that fucking that religious trauma. Woo! Boy, it was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. If you haven't watched it, I really recommend it. It's the same guy who did um it's the same guy who made who wrote and directed Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. So this is technically like his third thing, but it's nothing like those other two. Because both of those are like just like a fucking rich ass mansion and there's ghosts. Mm-mm. Midnight Mass? No, no, no. We are on a fucking island with like a little, like less than 200 people living on it with a fucking Catholic church and everyone's like a devout fucking Catholic and there's a fucking creature, but like they're convinced that the creature has to do with God <laughs> and it's so good. <sighs> what? Let's see what it got. I bet it, it better have got a high score. I'm gonna be pissed. 88%, 77% audience score. Beautiful. Um, Oh, back to Antlers. I think the Antlers director also did another movie I had seen. Hold on. Hold up, hold up. Who fucking directed it? Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper also directed... It was something good. He directed Black Mass. Was that it? I thought it was a different one. Well, oh, I think I'm thinking of the other guy. Okay, so he directed Black Mass, which was, um, it was based on a true story. It was Johnny Depp in, like, old people makeup. It was pretty good. It was pretty intense, pretty, uh, graphic. That wasn't what I was thinking of. So the guy who did Midnight Mass, Hill House, Bly Manor, what's his name? Mike Flanagan. All right, so this motherfucker puts in work this guy puts in work for the fucking horror community this fucking little bald white man first of all he was born in salem massachusetts perfect absolutely perfect also i did not know this is so dumb this is so fucking dumb i did not know that like the salem witch trials happened in Salem Massachusetts I didn't know that that was even a place I live in North Carolina and we have Winston-Salem and there's a small portion called Old Salem and it's like well-preserved like kind of old-timey houses and businesses and stuff and they'll do tours and people like dress up fucking colonial and shit and so I just always thought I just never questioned it or read about it or no one corrected me. I thought the Salem witch trials happened in old Salem, North Carolina. And it always confused me because like old Salem's never really like popping. And I was like, if this is where the fucking witch trials happen, like why are there not more people here? Why is there not more like witch shit? But I was like, okay, whatever. And then my friend went to uh, on a trip to Massachusetts and posted so much witchy shit. And then that's when it clicked for me. I was like, Oh, it's not North Carolina. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, anyways, he made, Oh, 
this man this fucking man all right so obviously midnight mass haunting of bly manor haunting of hill house he made or sorry directed and i think he helped write the um he wrote and directed those three midnight mass hill house bly manor but he directed and i think helped write this the screenplay for dr sleep now if you don't know what dr sleep is it is the the 2019 sequel to the shining and i'm gonna be honest with you and this is another thing where like cinephiles are gonna get mad at me but i didn't really care for the shining when i saw it like i felt like it was very overhyped and then i watched it and like it had cool parts it had creepy parts it had good acting but it just kind of felt boring to me i guess just because like it was it was just i was just told that it was amazing and it was so scary and then it was like it's a lot of just sitting and talking um and also it's hard for me to enjoy it knowing that um stanley kubrick like tortured and pretty much like fucked like fucked up what's her name Shelley Duvall for the movie when like it didn't need to be done it was fine you're just fucking extra um so that fucking sucks and then but so the the sequel is like oh also watching this movie made me realize that I had I did not understand the shining at all I did not understand the shining I thought that the shining was a movie about cabin fever. I thought it was a movie about this family in this hotel while it's snowing and then like they're slowly going crazy. Maybe there's some ghosts in the hotel and so they're like hallucinating and seeing ghosts and shit and then like the dad goes crazy because cabin fever and tries to kill his whole family. That's what I thought. But then I watched Dr. Sleep. Thankfully I watched with my brother who has read The Shining and like knows shit about shit. Um... (laughs) And we had to pause it so many times so that I could, he had to explain it to me. (laughs) So The Shining is an actual thing. I thought it was just like a quirky title of the movie or book. I did not think about what it could possibly mean. The Shining is like this fucking like basically magic or like power that some people have. And so the kid in The Shining who like talks to his hand like this, he has it. And apparently when he's talking to his hand like this, like, that's part of it. I don't know. But so, Dr. Sleep is, now that kid is an adult. It's, I think it's Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor? Whoever it was, he was great. But, so, there's like these fucking energy vampires. Apparently this is all in the book, The Shining. And Stanley Kubrick made The Shining and Stephen King was like, this is not what I fucking wanted at all. And he got pissed. So he tried to make a mini series of The Shining, but like it fucking flopped because it was terrible. But anyway, so apparently Dr. Sleep does a good job of like following the book more closely. But so there's fucking energy vampires who are hunting down people who have The Shining And, like, fucking sucking their energy out and, like, killing them, I guess? So, and they're running out of people because they're killing them all. And there's a lot of vampires. So, they're, they're like, they're chasing after the, the boy from The Shining, who's now an adult. And 
it was really fucking good it had like some it like was so beautiful it had some like genuine scary parts and like it blew me the fuck away and like story like it was so it like if the shining had been more like that sign me the fuck up but so yeah when i saw that he like me and my brother had just watched that this summer loved it and so when i'm like looking up this guy because i loved midnight mass i'm like fuck he fucking made that and then i've never seen this movie but i've like i feel like i see it mentioned in a lot of horror lists and stuff but gerald's game he directed that i've definitely heard of that um he also did before i wake i didn't see that i remember seeing trailers for it he did hush which was the netflix movie it's like a b horror movie about a deaf woman and like this guy is trying to break in her house and it fucking it really surprised me i remember really liking it when i watched it and then he's also directed um oculus which i remember thinking it had some cool parts but so yeah this this fucking bald white man super fucking talented give mike flanagan his goddamn flowers Ugh. so yeah if you haven't seen midnight mass watch fucking midnight mass it's so good on the complete other end of the spectrum i watched the comedy movie blades of glory for the first time the other night and it it was good i probably wouldn't watch it again um but it was good it's will ferrell and the guy from napoleon dynamite figure skating also will arnett and amy poehler in it and i wonder if that's like because they were married for a little bit i wonder if that's the movie that they met and then also jenna fisher who's pam on the office was in it so yeah i had a lot of cool people in it um it was funny it made me laugh it's it's basically just like a giant gay joke but i thought i thought it was funny (laughs) i thought it was like tasteful enough um but then i was like thinking like first of all how old is will ferrell because i swear to god he's been 40 for like the whole time i've ever seen him he is 54 years old did he get his start on snl yeah so he was in a comedy group called an improv group called the groundlings the groundlings which i've definitely heard about um and then someone from snl saw him in the groundlings and asked him to be part of snl i wonder how 1991 and he was born in 1967 let's get a fucking calculator on this bitch oh i dropped a post-it note on the cat and she got scared i'm sorry i'm sorry honey it's okay honey all right 1991 minus 1967 god damn it 24 wow he went on snl when he was 24 that's pretty cool he looked 40 (laughs) will ferrell 1991 let's see him show me the boy Yeah, literally every single picture of him, he looks fucking 40. Maybe it's because he's so big. Like, he's such a tall man. How tall is he? Will Ferrell height. Six three. I guess that's pretty tall. He just seemed bigger. 
I used, when I was a kid, I loved the movie Superstar with him and Molly Shannon. It was an SNL movie. I was obsessed with it. But I think my favorite Will Ferrell movie is definitely Step Brothers. But so Blades of Glory, it was funny. Oh, Nick Swartzen's in it too. If you know who that is. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. Probably wouldn't watch it again. I'm glad I did watch it. It makes me wonder if I should watch Semi Pro because I feel like it's probably the same vibe, but just basketball. But it has like a lot of fucking famous people in it. Let's look at the cast. I asked my dad, I was like, are semi-pro, do you feel like semi-pro and Blades of Glory are kind of the same? And he was like, yeah, but if I was going to rewatch one, I would probably watch semi-pro. Um, listen to this fucking cast for semi-pro. Will Ferrell, obviously. We got Andre 3000, Woody Harrelson. More Tierney. She was in fucking Beautiful Boy. Will Arnett. Andy Richter. David Kochner, I've definitely seen that guy. Um, Kirsten Wig, love. Kristen Wig, excuse me. Tim Meadows, love. Jason Sudeikis, love. Patty LaBelle, Ed Helms. Paul Rust from Love. So yeah, a bunch of fucking famous people in it. How could it not be funny? It has a lot of funny people in it. But, uh, Will Arnett, Will Arnett was literally sculpted to play a villain. Like, why, why would God make you look like that if he didn't want you to be a bad guy? You know? It's crazy. And speaking of fucking Will Arnett, I, I rewatched RV, which is the Robin Williams movie. And Will Arnett's like his, uh, like, annoying ass boss. He's just so good at playing a bad guy. It's amazing. He has the voice for it. And Bojack Horseman, I mean, until like the last season, he's kind of a bad guy. So I'm just saying. But, um, so rewatched RV because, and I rem- it was like my favorite as a kid. And I didn't, I don't think I realized how much I watched it until we rewatched it, my brother and I. And I like had to stop myself from quoting the entire fucking movie. <laughs> um, but, I remember it being funnier, but I was definitely like a kid and it just reminded me a little too much of my dad. Like I feel like a lot of straight white men like dads, um, see themselves as that Robin Williams character where they're like, you know, they think they're doing the good thing and like, but they're, but they're also like just constantly just being like a funny guy and they're just smarting off and saying shit under their breath and like no one fucking steps it. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it reminded me too much of my dad for me to like fully enjoy it. But, um, Robin Williams love, I just read a book about his entire life called Robin spoiler alert. He dies at the end. Um, just kidding. I knew that, but I, for some reason, always thought that he, like, overdosed. Or no, I didn't. He, oh, well, okay, so th- his family was never really super open about his health issues. Like, when I heard that he died, I think I did know that he hung himself. But I, they acted like their reason was, like, mental health. Which it is, which it is a little bit. But he 
the public did not know for a very long time that he was diagnosed with basically like a form of Parkinson's and he was starting to lose motor function and he was starting to like, he was kind of having like delusions and like, uh, uh, he was like losing himself. Um, and so I guess he just felt like it was getting so far gone. And obviously mental health has a play in that for his decision to, to do that. Um, but he just, uh, he hung himself. Um, but yeah, but then they also found, or the book said that like after he died, they figured out that he had this other disease that like gets confused for Parkinson's, but is very difficult to detect. So I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. But people talked about like towards the end running into him in public and like they could tell that he did not know who they were like his friends and stuff but um yeah super talented troubled guy um the whole cast of rv is great i mean josh hutcherson's in it i mean i went through a fucking josh hutcherson phase when i was a child jojo's in it i literally have a jojo cd beside me right now the high road this is such a fire fucking album and it's not available to stream so i had to fucking buy it but i had a friend when i was like in fourth grade and i would go to her house and she would put her jojo cd in her desktop computer and we would play it on windows media player and it would have all those fucking trippy you know what i'm talking about like the trippy things that go with the music and we would play brats and we would just listen to it on repeat and then i remember when i was moving away she was like hey i literally don't listen to the cd except for when you come over so do you want it and i was like fuck yeah and then i had that cd for years and then somehow recently in the past year i lost it and it's not that's fucking whole album is not available for stream anywhere like you can stream it on fucking youtube but you can't like download it i have apple music it's not on apple music i don't know if it's on spotify but so i fucking bought the cd that'll fucking show them Thanks, Obama. Fucking, I can't even download a JoJo CD. Bitch. And then Jeff Daniels is in it from uh, Dumber and Dumber. So funny. And Kristen Chenoweth's in it. She's so fucking funny. And the older brother of the Weird Family is the older brother in Weeds. And also the fucking, one of the rednecks who like help him empty the sewer, sewage situation I was staring at him and I was like, I think that's Matthew Gray Goobler. And my brother has no idea who that is. And I barely know who that is. The only reason I've never seen something with Matthew Gray Goobler in it. I just know about him because the internet thinks he's like super fucking sexy. <laughs> that's the only reason I know about him. But I looked it up. It is him. He's just, he's just a redneck on RV for like five minutes. Hell fucking yeah. Um, but definitely rewatching it. There's some parts in it that don't like story wise don't make sense. The whole plot of RV would be would be fixed with simple communication the whole thing is like robin williams is taking his family to hawaii and everyone's very excited but everyone also feels like or he feels like everyone's disconnected and there's no other time during the summer that they can do it because 
the kids are booked up to do like other camps and shit for the rest of the summer. This is the only time they have to spend, have like a vacation together. And something comes up with work. And so Robin Williams is like, fuck, I can't, I'm going to get fired if I don't do this thing for work. So I'll just rent an RV and we'll like drive to the thing for work. But on the way we'll be like having an adventure and shit. And then I'll like also like secretly work. If he had explained that to his wife, like, hey, I have to do this for work, so we're going to have to postpone Hawaii and, like, do the RV. She would have been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I understand. But instead, he's like, no, Hawaii's stupid. We're just, I just, I think RV would be better. And then he's, like, staying up all night fucking trying to, like, type up his shit for work and, like, like, I get that's plot. You have to have some kind of fucking conflict, but, like, come on, dude. Pick a better fucking conflict. Anyways. Um, okay. New favorite fucking movie alert. New favorite fucking movie alert on HBO. Promising Young Woman. Blew me out of the fucking water, brother. Promising Young Woman. Um, the only thing I'm gonna say. So, like, the main girl. She gets dressed up every night. And she goes out to a bar and she pretends to be super drunk like 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 alarmingly drunk and then every night a really nice guy tries to help take her home they somehow end up at like his house drinking more and then he like tries to take advantage of her and she's not drunk she's fucking sober and so she like scares the fuck out of them um so that's like all I knew from the trailer. Actually, from the trailer, I thought she killed them. She does not kill them. She just scares them. Like, hopefully, so they'll fucking stop doing that. Um, but, dude, I, I didn't know what the story was going to be. Wow. I did not. It had so many plot twists. It had. Oh, my God, dude. It had you on your fucking toes. And it has so many famous people in it. Like, this shit's crazy. I don't want to ruin that one. Because I genuinely think everyone should see it. It's so good. Promising Young Woman on HBO. If if you have access, it's definitely fucking worth it. Worth it. I also watched this movie and it was fucking weird called Voyeurs. And it had um, Sydney Sweeney in it from Euphoria. Bro, it was fucking weird. And I'm going to ruin this one because I don't think you need to watch this one. <laughs> so, Sydney Sweeney and her boyfriend live in New York and they move into this apartment and it's like it's like in like a giant fucking building and like one whole wall is windows and like you can basically see into other buildings if other people's windows are open so there's a super fucking nice building across from them and they can see directly into this apartment of this couple and they're like super rich and they're like fucking with the windows open and they can just see them so it's like sometimes I just watch them fuck and like the guy's a photographer and so he has girls over and he kind of like coerces them into like getting undressed during the photo shoot and the next thing you know he's like cheating on his girl with these girls he was doing the photo shoot with and like this couple just watching them the whole fucking time and then they were like, they've seen them like arguing and stuff. And they're like, oh, what? I wish that we could hear them, hear what they're talking about. And so apparently he knew something about like 
a frequency of like a laser and then you can like turn it into sound waves somehow and so that but he was like it's so far away like we would have to put a mirror in their apartment so they're having like (laughs) they're having like a halloween party they sneak into this people's apartment and set up a, a mirror and they actually like run into the people which is crazy um and then so now they're like listening to this couple and like the girl Sydney Sweeney she becomes like obsessed with this couple she even goes so far as to like well the lady the rich lady like comes to her work she's a she's an eye doctor she comes to her work and then they end up kind of clicking and then they end up she like becomes friends with her and like the girl's being like oh I like feel like he cheats on me I don't know and it's like she knows and so she's like feeling guilty and the boyfriend's like don't interact with them that's fucking weird like we listen like that's weird that's weird we should we should stop we should stop watching them this is weird um but she's like obsessed like she literally can't stop thinking about them she can't stop watching them she's obsessed and she's like kind of thinking that the guy's like sexy um anyways her and her boyfriend break up because he's like bruh or or they have like a fight or something he's he's like this is too much for me i gotta go and no here's what happens is that she figured out how to connect (laughs) sydney sweeney figured out how to connect to the rich people's like wireless printer and so started printing like he's cheating on you check the bathroom trash can there's a condom and so the girl found it and the girl, the guy was sleeping. The girl picked up a knife and like went and stood over him. Like she was going to stab him. And like the couple are like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What do we do? What do we do? She doesn't stab him. She just starts crying, whatever. They wake up in the morning. She's killed herself with the knife. And they're like, Holy fuck. So the boyfriend's like, this is too much for me. I got to like stay somewhere else for a few days. Like I, this is crazy. Um, and so Sydney Sweeney ends up like, Oh, she saw him, like, go to a bar, so she, like, fucking followed him and, like, pretends to just be, like, oh, my God, hey, like, oh, that's crazy. And so, like, flirting and stuff, he invites her back to his house. He starts taking pictures of her. And then, of course, he's, like, coercing her into getting undressed. They fuck. While they're fucking, the boyfriend comes into the apartment to be like okay sorry i like ran away um let's like work this out here's some flowers sees his girlfriend at the rich guy's apartment fucking him um and then when she comes back he's hanging he's dead and he's hung um and so yeah her boyfriend's fucking dead And one of the things that the rich boyfriend said to her was like, oh, I'm having like this exhibit, like this photography exhibit, you should come. And so she ends up going and the, and the fucking rich girlfriend that they thought killed herself is not dead. She's there. And they're like, yeah, so the exhibit is all about this girl, Sydney Sweeney. And they, like, had the pictures of her, like, naked in the guy's apartment. And they, like, showed them, like, watching them and, like, how they broke into the Halloween party and put, like, a microphone. And 
and then like the boyfriend hanging and then so the whole time the rich people were watching them and it turns out the guy did not hang himself they like poisoned his fucking juice and and killed him for like the dramatics of it and then it ended with Sydney Sweeney poisoning them to knock them out and then uh she took them to her place of work which is the eye doctor and she blinded them with the with a surgery <laughs> and that was the movie <laughs> It was fucking crazy. <laughs> you don't need to watch it. It it was interesting, but was it good? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, moving right along, my brother and his girlfriend stayed with me um, on Thanksgiving weekend. She had never seen any of the live action Scooby Doo, so of course we had to show them to her. First of all, they're amazing. They're cinematic masterpieces. That whole cast, the fucking costuming, like, it's just the dialogue, like, everything is so good. But, uh, so me and my brother found, so in the second Scooby-Doo, it starts with everyone's, like, getting out of the, it's like a mystery machine limo, and they're all getting out, and they're, like, interacting with their fans, and they're going up the red carpet to this museum, and the museum is um a bunch of fucking people they've unmasked like a like the fucking pterodactyl ghost and the black knight ghost and the fucking thousand watt vote whoa thousand ten thousand volt ghost jesus but so when they well we didn't pick up on that at first okay so later in the movie there's a part where they're about to go into like a haunted mansion like this old man's mansion and shaggy says why can't we just investigate a Burger King or something? But when we watched it, it said, why can't we just investigate a KFC or something? But the, the fucking subtitles still said Burger King. And Cameron was like, mm, I specifically remember it saying Burger King. And the fucking caption said Burger King. And he was like, run it back to the fucking intro. Because I remember when he gets out of the limo, he has a Burger King cup. He gets out of the limo. It's a fucking KFC cup. And so we fucking YouTubed like the OG intro and we found a clip where when he gets out, it's a fucking Burger King cup. So at some point they like lost that advertisement or something and they just went in and they literally like CGI'd KFC over the Burger King because there's a shot where they like fucking knock the Burger King cup. It's still a Burger King cup, but when you see it close up, it's KFC. And then also, like, he literally says, why can't we ever investigate a Burger King or something? But, like, you can literally hear the cut. It's like, a KFC or something. That shit's crazy. I've never seen that. I've never seen them go in and, like, change a fucking, uh, what's that called? When it's an advert, when it's, what is it called when it's, like, an advertisement, but they're trying to be subtle, but it's not subtle? Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, I've never seen someone change that. That's crazy. Why did they have to change it? Anyways, we also went to the movies and we saw House of Gucci. Wait, what do the Scooby-Doo's have on fucking Rotten Tomato? 
I would give him a hundred. Somehow, I don't know what I typed, but somehow Chris Jenner's on the screen. So something really went wrong. Show me Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, where are you? Why aren't they popping up? Like, it's, you're showing me all the fucking cartoon. Like, I don't care. Uh, where are the live actions? What? What are you saying to me? Fine. Fucking Matthew Lillard. Jesus. Google, show me Matthew Lillard. Oh, this was a mistake because he... After the actual guy who voiced Shaggy died, he continued voicing shaggy for all the cartoons so this was a mistake because <gasps> so the first scooby-doo has a 30 percent and a 39 percent audience score why and then it has a scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed has 22 percent and a 40 percent audience score i'm honestly offended that the audience score isn't higher because i think they're fucking great I want to see a bad one. I want to see a bad review. Right now, I'm only seeing five stars. Someone said it's just cheesy and stupid. Two and a half. Wh half star. The film was a tragic. Step on my fucking keyboard again, bitch. See what happens. All I can say is at least it's better than the first one. A bit better than the first one, but still just horrible. I mean, whatever. It's for fucking kids. It's fun. It looks good. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay, House of Gucci. It was good. Probably will never watch it again. I would have rather watched it at my house. I was seated beside someone who was fucking annoying. And they kept trying to make jokes to me the whole time. And their jokes weren't funny. Also, don't talk to me in the fucking movie theater. Who raised you? Okay? <sighs> Were you raised in a fucking garbage can? Don't talk in the movie. Um, House of Gucci. It was it was good. Um, I didn't know anything about Gucci. I thought it was very interesting, the story. Um, I think that every movie could have about 30 minutes cut out of it. And that, that movie was two and a half hours. So definitely, definitely could have cut a, a half hour out of that. Um... Lady Gaga killed it as fucking always. Someone who surprised me, so Jared Leto's in it. And if I didn't go in, if going in, I didn't know Jared Leto was in it, I would not have recognized him because he's in like an old man fat suit. And it made me wonder like, why, why Jared Leto? Like, why not just get like an actual old fat Italian man? But um, he did really good. He was actually like kind of my favorite character. I thought he was so funny. Um, And I was like, wait, is... Jared Leto kind of a good actor because like the only I mean he was in Blade Runner 2049 but I don't feel like he was I just remember like artsy shots of him I don't really remember his acting in it and then um he was the Joker but 
which that was that suicide squad was so terrible that like the joker parts i thought were some of the best parts but it's just fucking cringy that he did all that like method acting shit where he was like sending people like condoms and dead pigs and stuff it was just like too much but um i want to see what he what other movies he's been in let me look at his imdb also doesn't he like have a cult doesn't he have a cult I don't wait. Let's look at his IMDb. Oh, he was in Dallas Buyers Club. I have not seen that. Requiem for a Dream. Have not seen that. I've heard of it. Let's see. Hmm. Mr. Nobody. Why do I know what that? Why have I heard of that? Did I see this movie? A friend might have... No, I don't think I've seen this movie. I think I just heard of it. Mr. Nobody. Hmm. Or maybe someone made me watch it. For some reason, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mm, any other movies? I've heard of Requiem for a Dream. American. Oh, he was in American Psycho. Okay. Apparently he was in Fight Club. Don't remember that. I really don't remember Fight Club. Um, yeah, okay, word. Okay, now I'm going to type in Jared Leto cult and see what pops up. Because I swear to God he's in a fucking cult. The cult of Jared Leto. While Leto made headlines for starting a cult in Croatia. Last year, Jared... Le Wait, when was this made? This was from 2020. Last year, Jared Leto and his band 30 Seconds to Mars started start, a cult. The band invited fans who call themselves the e Echelon, the Echelon, to a retreat in Croatia where Leto, dressed in white robes, hosted hundreds of his devotees for a three-day music festival complete with yoga and movie screenings. The band tweeted a photo of Leto leading hundreds of people also dressed in white caption. Yes, this is a cult. Hashtag Mars Island. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who was like, he's in a cult. And then now I'm like trying to defend him. Um, okay, it says it wasn't the first time 30 Seconds to Mars embraced the phrase. It's appeared on the band's merch and in their music videos. Playing on journalists telling them that they have a cult following, Leto and the band decided to give it a more literal definition. But beyond the adoring fans who will pay money to be isolated on an island with Leto and indoctrinated into his cult, the actor and musician has forged relationships with a number of close collaborators. Leto has made clear that his music, films, and fashion are more than a part of his celebrity. They're artistic statements. His real cult aside... Oh, and then it's like going through the pe the like people and companies that like help his shit. Okay, I don't care. I mean, if it's just it sounds okay. Now that I've read that, which that's the only thing. I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe they are worshiping them there. But if it's just like a music festival and He's just like playing on the cult thing. Like, that's fine. But I think that he like was doing the cult 
thing and I don't think they have phones and shit and that's when COVID started and so he entered into COVID like a month after it had happened and he like didn't know anything about it he had to like learn about it so that's kind of interesting but um oh I just finished a really good TV show on Amazon Prime there's only two seasons called Fleabag so fucking good so fucking good this the second season I thought was better than the first season, but like it was good. It's fucking emotional. It got me. Um, I don't know if I talked about this before, but I watched the final season of shameless and dude, shameless should have ended years ago, years ago. It just, it just got sad and like, it got really preachy. Like the whole last season is very like, liberal preachy and i'm fucking liberal dude (laughs) and i was annoyed (laughs) it just was too much and very in your face it wasn't subtle it wasn't fun it wasn't smart it was it was just they're just preaching at you i was like that's not what i'm here for also it like annoyed me that they included covid And I get that they're, like, trying to be realistic because it's actually in 2020, like, what it's set in. But, I mean, I fucking, I'm fine with movies and TV shows pretending like COVID's not a thing. I'm completely fine with that because I have to fucking deal with it in my real life. So, when when I turn on TV, I'm trying to escape from reality. So, I don't want to be reminded of reality. But I'm gonna ruin Shameless right now. Frank died from COVID, which I think is the funniest thing ever. The funniest thing ever. <sighs> also, another another season of a show, I watched the newest season of What We Do in the Shadows. I thought it was very good. Um, Nadja's very hot, and I want to give her a smooch. And they ended it fucking insane. And I have no idea how they're going to do the next season, but I'm very excited. Um, also... And this is the last one. I watched... Okay, cinephiles, listen up. I watched a classic. I watched Fargo, the movie. Wow. So good. The Coen brothers. I don't know if... I think the only other Coen brothers movie I've seen is... um, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? It was so good. And also, from Shameless, William H. Macy's in it. Steve Buscemi's in it so fucking good dude it's like the perfect amount of like fucked up and drama with like comedy and maybe i should watch more coen brothers movies because like i like that shit but it was so fucking good i was literally like blown away by it and i can't believe it's a real story like shit's crazy um but yeah i wonder what what that has on rotten tomato let's see 94% 94% Rotten Tomato rating, 92% audience score. That's what I'm fucking talking about, dude. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. It was very good. I really, really liked it. And let me say this. Steve Buscemi, I don't know if the correct thing is to say, like, he hasn't aged a day or to say, like, he's also always looked like a fucking 40-year-old, but, like, he just lo- he just looks the same. He looks the same. I think I 
will always stand Steve Buscemi because I loved Spy Kids too, and he was the mad professor who created all the tiny dinosaurs that also had big dinosaurs. They weren't dinosaurs. They were like like spider monkey and like snake lizard or no. Yeah, snake lizard. Yeah. Somebody, one time someone told me that I laugh like Gary from Spy Kids 2. And if that's not, if that's not fucking offensive to say, let's hear it. Gary Giggles, is that his name? Spy. Spy Kids. Gary Giggles laugh. Because <laughs> I have a fucking nervous laugh. When I feel awkward or whatever, and I don't know what to say, and then I'll just be like, huh. And there, someone was like, you sound like the kid from Spy Kids too." And I was like, Jesus, how dare you? Jesus. All right, here it is. <laughs> I had a crush on that kid when I watched that movie. I wanted to be Carmen so bad when I watched that movie. And in Spy Kids too, there's like a fucking bonus scene where... She's supposed to perform and her uncle Machete like was like, oh, I created this thing that will um, just make you sound like a fucking pop star. And so he like pushes her out there and she's like singing and she's fucking killing it. And he like changes the thing to be like dance. And she's like dancing and it's like singing Spanish and she sings in Spanish. And then at the very end, he opens it and there was no batteries. And he's like, and that's it. And I was like, damn, me, literally me. Me when I'm a fucking pop star. So. Anyways. In conclusion, I am young cinephile. I am a cinephile. If you don't think I'm a cinephile, you're fucking wrong. Suck my cock and balls. And. Yeah, I just be watching movies. I just be touching them. I just be fucking them. So. I know this was a long one. And I also have not been posting in a long time but hopefully getting back to it if you watch this whole thing you're cool and i like you and if you want to you know whatever you're listening to this on maybe rate it give it a review if you're on like youtube or something maybe hit a like hit a subscribe follow me on instagram at no eye contact pod if for some fucking reason you want to email me anything a story, a topic, a comment, whatever, a question, you can email me at youngcinephile at gmail.com. And yeah, hopefully I'm getting back into it. And yeah, thank you so much. And I will catch you on the the goddamn flip. All right. Uh, see ya. Mm-hmm.